Hi friends, I'm Adrienne File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 14 years, 13 good ones, and we have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I have been an entrepreneur since I was four, and I'm currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and corporate coaching team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day, and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, We have an awesome guest with us today. We have Casey Jaycox, and Casey is the host of the QB Dad Cast. It's a podcast, QB Dadcast. And really his goal is to inspire fathers to become stronger leaders. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Casey Jaycox. Hey, Casey, could you give us a little intro into who you are and what you love? Yeah, well, I love you guys because you invited me on the podcast. So thank you. Um, I Yeah, so I am an entrepreneur as well. Um, I'm, I love that John's been an entrepreneur since four. That, that means he's, he's got me by eight years because I first started a paper out when I was 12. So congrats on... Love paper leading, out, guys. Oh, yeah. Leading from the front. Um, no, so I was, I was a 20-year corporate guy, um, sales, sales leadership, um, coaching in my, at the company I left. Um, uh, and then I started a, a sales consulting coaching company that really found me. I didn't find it. And I'm just kind of surrendering to the fact of letting this thing go where, it, where it's going to go. And I had an a, a internal podcast at my former company, K-Force, and it never went external. I, was, you know, I, I loved it because it was an opportunity for me to ask questions, let my curious mind go. And just learn, learn from people and then share their story. And so I thought, God, what a, what a great opportunity. So uh, a huge shout out to my, my former college teammate, Ty Nunez, who got me off my, you know what, to get this thing going a little over a year ago. And I thought, you know, what a, a, like a metaphor, not to be the Uncle Rico here, but, you know, from a quarterback tends to be a leader of a team. Um, and so I thought, what, what, how can I relate that to fathers? And so I said, you know, thinking quarterback, you know, quarterback dad, you know, quarterback dad cast, and it just kind of came together and it's been a blast. It's been therapy every week for me. I, I get reminded constantly of the things I want to do and to focus on to become a better father. Um, it allows me to have better self-awareness and it allows me to share stories of other dads that lets them realize we're all on this journey of life together. And, um, but, and we, uh, we can make the choice to get better. And I know John and I, and I think you do too, we share the common passion for the number 1440, which is what we get every day. That's right. That's right. I, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, I'm really excited for this, uh, Casey. You embody uh, and, and speak and teach on things that I love. Uh, I love the game of football. I specifically love the quarterback position and, and what it takes to be great uh, at the QB position and lead the 10 guys around you in the huddle. And I love that you translate that into business, into life. And, and I think football, uh, you know, I never played organized football. My aunt wouldn't let me. Um, I'd play in the, you know, in the backyard and we'd play pickup games. Uh, but I ended up getting to coach uh, on our on our Bothell staff. You the were last... the quarterback of Turkey Bowl. Oh, that's right. I wanted to bring that up, Casey. I'm well, I eight... remember your highlights from ESPN. I saw that game. You played awesome. I'm 18 and two as a starting Turkey Bowl quarterback at Lake Wilderness uh, State Park in Maple Valley. And Sweet. so if anybody ever wants to come see a guy get people excited about catching four yard go routes. Okay. Um, I'm your guy. And Perfect. cause it's all about completions in the Turkey bowl, three completions for a first down, just got to move the change and eventually you get in the end zone. And so she's right. I pulled my growing one year. It's one of our losses actually. 
Um, you know, <laughs> and and I, I don't know if you've ever experienced a growing a growing injury. I had not, and uh, I realized one, I was getting old, and two, I you can't go through that injury very easily and play and move. So I had to sit out and watch watch our team lose in the final seconds of that Turkey Bowl. But um, I would love to hear your experience in the in the QB position. You played college uh, Q. Uh, out at central and just kind of your story. I mean, that's what really I love when we talk about love the process. Um, it's not always just, a, it's typically not. <laughs> I just got off a call right before we got on this podcast to remind me that uh, it's not always easy. Um, mm-hmm. but your trajectory um, and learning the, through various um, highs and lows. If you, if you want to give us a little bit about that from, you know, the camp to the injury, et cetera. Yep. No, I, I love telling the story. It never gets old because I, I'm hopeful that there is a parent um, that's listening that maybe has a child that went through an injury or or they're going through tough times that hopefully this story um, maybe inspires them to realize that there's 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 opportunity ahead. So for, for me, it, it was such a blessing to be able to play at Central. Um, huge, huge shout out to my high school football coach and still a friend, um, a guy named Marty Osborne, who played at Central in the early 80s. And I want to say he was one of the bigger reasons why I ended up playing there. But rewind the tape a little bit. I, was, I had a chance to compete for the job my high school, uh, my junior year. And I remember Coach Osborne came to me and said, hey, you, 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 got, a, you got a chance to be our, our starter, but here's what you have to do. And I was like, God, that's a funny one, Coach. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm, the, I'm the backup guy. Shane's going to be the starter. You know, being a little sarcastic, he's like, no, I'm, I'm not joking. Like, you, you got a chance to be our guy, but you got to get in the weight room. You got to get faster. You are very cerebral. You know this. You know what what uh, we're trying to achieve and accomplish on our offense. But you got to get stronger. And it was the first time that really someone spoke truth and confidence from uh, outside of my parents. And it really was the first time in my life I learned about goal setting, visualization, where we had this goal sheet. And I can still, as I close my eyes now, laying in my bed as a 16 year old to the to the to the as I'd wake up, I'd see what my bench goal, my squat, my clean, my 40 time my three cone drill, my um, shuttle run, like all the things, the metrics that were important to our, our coaching staff at the time. Right. And so fast forward, I mean, I, I went from kind of lifting to lifting uh, three days a week in the morning at 6 a.m. before school and then after school. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'd throw it to anybody. I mean, I'd throw it to a band member, my, my the shop teacher, the janitor, my sister, I don't care who was, just someone catch the rock. Right. And uh, fast forward to, to um, fall camp, um, both captains are split Two want me two want the other gentleman. And, uh, we're stretching game week. We still don't know who the starter is. And, and coach Osborne comes up, taps me on the shoulder and says, you ready to lead us to, to win on Friday night. And you want to talk about joy and passion. And I'm like, Oh my God, all the hard work, everything I put into, I mean, I squeezed every ounce of athletic. Uh, I mean, I look like Beetlejuice back in the day, like skinny dude with a big old head. And, um, so our junior year, we, we, we had an okay, okay run. We were like six and four, seven and four, uh, almost made the playoffs. I think I was honorable mention, nothing, nothing too special, you know, average high school quarterback. Um, and then my, that junior year, my uh, buddy got him, Kevin Childs, who ended up playing at Boise State. He said, hey, Case, why don't you come to the UW camp with me? Let's, let's, I'm like, that sounds fun. And I was thinking that might be a chance to kind of see how I com- compete and, you know, throw to some really, really uh, division one talent. And so I, I go and. I knew I was doing okay and didn't really think about it, but I knew I was throwing the ball around the yard fairly well. And then at the end of the camp, they gave out awards. Kevin, my teammate gets an award. And now I'm not thinking anything is going to happen. Right. I just, I just clueless, typical, naive 16, 17 year old kid. And, 
And all of a sudden, the end of the, the, the all right, uh, Dick Baird goes, all right, final camp, uh, most valuable uh, quarterback of the camp is Casey Jaycox. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, what? <laughs> is there another name, Casey, here? Like, I, I was shocked. And it went from not being recruited by UW to being like, all right, we here's tickets to all your home games. Here, we're going to have someone at your uh, game, uh, September, October, November. You're not going to know when they're going to be there. And you need to also send us your best game film that you think from that. And it went from like zero to 100. And I was like, oh, my God. And now my confidence is building more. And now our team's getting stronger. And so fast forward to fall camp, we are we go to our jamboree, which some people don't know that. It's a, you know, a series of practice little simulation games. And we were, we were rolling through. We rolled Pialup. We rolled uh, Fife. Uh, I think we played, well, I can't remember who the other team was, but it's 25 years ago. But anyway, the last play of that jamboree, I get put back in. Lee Wright, 90 reads the play, and the snaps slow. Um, I'm under center. The defensive tackle shoots the gap. Somehow his knee gets on top of my toe. And now I get into a catcher's stance. And then the defensive end comes around, blasts me from the back. So I got a guy going low, a guy going high. And if you can imagine your tongue or your shoe just exploding off your foot, that's what it felt like. And I was like, I immediate pain, went into shock, tried to get up, took a step, collapsed. I knew something wasn't right. Trainer comes out. No offense, the high school trainer. She's like, I think you're okay. You'll be back by Monday. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and then I'm... It's starting, it's the shocks wearing off. All of a sudden pain's getting worse and worse and worse. I'm in, I'm in the car. Tears start coming down my eyes. I tell my mom and dad, like something's not right. I got to go, we got to check this thing out. We go to the emergency room. The x-ray it, guy comes out and says, Hey, we're going to be in surgery in two hours. And you want to talk about sucking the life out of someone. Like I, I put so much hard work. I know I, I'm kind of fast forwarding the story just for time perspective today, but uh, I did, I mean, I did, I, I did everything, right? Everything I could, and it was gone. And the guy that I beat out my junior year, now he has to play quarterback. And life goes on. And so we, they had to prepare for Lakes, Coach Osborne. And so, you know, Casey was still a captain. Casey was still on the team, but we got we to gotta move on. And so as that happened, I, I was super selfish, had all these negative thoughts in my head. The voice was saying, man, Shane, I hope you play bad. I hope this team loses. I, I, I want them to miss how much I miss me. I want them to, it's about me. And I was so selfish. And, um, they start doing well and three games into it, I, I go to coach Osborne and I say, coach, I, I'm a mess. I'm not myself. I'm not a captain. I'm hoping you guys play bad because I want it to be me. It's my team. All my, all the things that I worked for was taken from me. It's not fair. And he pretty much said nicely, life's not fair, but I am so proud of you that you had the vulnerability and, and courage to come talk to me. But let's let's figure out a way to get you involved because you're you're too talented not to be. So he goes, "How about you go up in the booth?" I'm like, "What am I going to do up there?" Kind of a little bit of a smart ass response. Right. He goes, "Go go up in the booth and help me call plays. You know this offense just as just as good or better than I do." And right when I right when he said that, I, it was almost like a vacuum sucked those negative emotions out of me. Now I had purpose, I had clarity, I had a chance to be the leader I was supposed to be, and I said, "I'm in. Let's go." And. Uh, I went into just, I loved it. I had so much passion. I was now, instead of sulking on the sidelines in my wheelchair with crutches, I was leading, cheering, you know, in the huddle, coaching Shane, trying to help. And um, Shane went on to, he was a quarterback that played. He had an amazing senior year. He broke our single season passing yardage record, took us to the state playoffs first time in 20 years, and also was named second team all league, all which why I had to just, just watch. So I share that story because I'm 40, I'll be 45 in March. And that story has truly shaped who I am because I think back to that moment of, you know, 
you know, I always phrase someone has it worse. And I, I just, I use that to keep me grounded and centered. Like, you know what, you've been through some fr brutal times, bro, and you can get through this. And just like we said a few minutes ago about that 1440, we have to reset and realize that I'm only, if I'm having a bad day today, what's great about that is that tomorrow that 1440 resets, I got a chance to have an awesome day tomorrow. That's, I, I mean, that's so good. Um, so. How do you teach, how do you teach that out? This I've seen it time and time again, when you're talking about taking difficulties and hardships and translating them into purpose. Obviously you had a coach who, who helped show you the vision is really, really challenging. Uh, you know, when you're young uh, and your identity really in some ways is football. I, I can tell, I remember uh, a story we had a kid come. Have you ever heard of Malibu, the camp up in Canada, Casey? Just from when you told me it. Yeah. Okay. So we had we had a really good team at Bothell going into the 2013 season, and this kid, a number of kids, came up. But our start, what would have been our starting tight end, was with us on this trip, and his name's Cole. And uh, still to this day, I talk to him probably every month at least. And uh, he's graduated. He actually played football down at uh, Portland State, and he graduated now and is working at, uh, was it Boeing? And I think at Amazon now, but anyway, but I, I remember Cole um, on day six, he broke his leg at the camp and he did it being stupid. Uh, and he knows that, but I remember looking when he was on the, the, the medic table, the doc table and uh, the doc was looking at him and telling him it's, you know, this is going to be a minute. This, this is a break watching him cry. And, uh, just seeing that pain in him and then of course getting a call from coach Boehner <laughs> when I got back, you know, you know, and he's like, what's this I hear about Cole Ford breaking his leg at the camp, you know? And, uh, maybe I didn't hear it right. Tom said, <laughs> you know, I still, I still actually, that voicemail came in on my mom's birthday in August. Uh, I still know I still have it saved. So long August 13th, 2013. And, uh, and it just happened to be my mom's birthday. And so I kind of kept it, but it was such a powerful thing. Uh, it took him a little while, but his biggest two opportunities were his mind and his hands. And so Ross, who was our starting quarterback would take all a lot of time during practice and he would just throw balls to Cole and Cole was on crutches. So he, all he can really do is catch and persevere. And uh, we lost in the quarterfinals in a game where Cole had kind of gotten back now but he, he wasn't acclimated to the offense. And so he was open in two plays on film and Ross wasn't used to him being there and, and we didn't hit him. And uh, we lost a really, really, really tough game in, in overtime to Bellarmine prep. And uh, I remember that off season, I have never seen a team work as hard as those kids did. And uh, that next year we went 14 and 0 and wow. won it all. And Cole was a senior and, uh, and I don't know. And it's interesting because we had one other scenario in the first game of our, of that, of that season where uh, of that playoffs against Bethel, where Sam McPherson, our starting safety running back, kick returner, punt returner, all world. He tore his ACL his senior year. And I remember, you know, and now you're in that offer season too. And so, you know, a lot of these offers that were probably coming his way, he's seeing evaporate, you know, and, I remember him kind of doing a somewhat what you talked about having to get on the crutches and, and just it all sink in. 
But if those two things hadn't happened, I, I sometimes wonder if we ha- if we would have won it all that year. Uh, you know, Bothell, it's uh, we don't have the biggest, strongest, fastest kids, and and so you get a little lucky sometimes with athleticism, and you get but you got to get them all in to believe. Um, that's our strength. But sometimes I look back and go, man, we needed those two things. We actually were better because of those things. When in the moment, and maybe this would be true for you as you translate this to your QB Dodcast, in the moment, I thought we we all thought this going to be this is the worst. And that selfishness and that poor me you talked about, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I still remember so vividly that it was, it's palpable, you know. Yeah. Um, and so how do you teach that? Yeah. How do you teach I, that? Co- couple things, co- couple things, couple things come to mind. You were saying that. So I, I heard a phrase um, from Tony. Uh, what's his name? Um, Tony, Tony, Tony Bennett, co- yeah. former. Co- and he said, I think he said, he said, adversity is life's golden ticket. Yeah. Tony and Bennett I, is a great, he's a phenomenal coach. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, so like to me that like really spoke to me about, um, you know, like what, what a, what a great opportunity to, to get better. And so like, um, you know, change always happens. We either deal with it or we get dealt by it. I either sit back and like the, you know, the great Tommy Lasorda, rest in peace, Tommy, he said, he said, there's three types of people in life that, you know, people who watch things happen, wonder how things happen or make things happen. And I was always, I'm going to make it happen. And I, I was, I still talked to my kids that day. And I just, when I, when I coach people now and I coach sales teams, I, well, part of it is just as humans, we're flawed. We got this voice in our head that's constantly sometimes saying negative things, giving us, you know, our subconscious tries to break down our, our um, ability to be elite, be great, whatever it may be. And I think you have to just simplify that for people. And I'm never, by, if I try to convince people to do it, they're going to resist me. But I think I'm a big believer and I like to teach companies this and sales leaders this is even that's why the benefit of having a podcast is you got to ask great questions, open-ended questions. I call them TED-based questions. Tell me, explain, or describe. And you get to ask questions and then let them go. And then once you find something that is maybe a, a problem for them or something that's not going right, that makes them realize this negative situation they're in, ask more questions to make them truly feel how they, uh, how that's in, how this negative situation is impacting them. Mm, so and then, Ted, that's a gold. So you call that tell, explain, describe. Yep. I got that from a, a mentor in my life by a guy named John Kaplan, who's a monster stud business guy. That, um, Check him out. John Kaplan. He's a, just a great, great human being. Um, but you, no matter what I say, it's, you know, it, it's about, it's not what I say. It's what I ask. It's just like I always, when I when we think about what, what, what we do as a, from a, a company's perspective, it doesn't matter the service we services we provide. It's what problem do we solve and right. how can we then, how can we communicate that in the, in the, in the voice of the customer, not the voice of the salesperson. Right. So I take people out, out of the defensive. So, I don't know how I convince people is just, I don't, I just ask questions. So it's their idea. I'm a big believer in the Socratic method, helps yeah. people uh, develop better critical thinking skills on their own. So that they're not being enabled and expecting everyone else to do the work. They got to think it, think it through for themselves and, and anything worthwhile. It's going to be, you got to, you know, the old phrase, be comfortable being uncomfortable. I, I mean, I interviewed a, I interviewed an NHL player on my podcast, a guy named Nathan Gerby, who was referred to me by one of my clients. And, um, I mean, this guy's story is unbelievable. If people want to check it out, it's on my website, just caseyjcox.com slash me. Just click on podcast and find it. And his, his story of how he made it to the NHL is amazing. But he talks about you know, that, that phrase when people say, get out of your own head, get out of your own head. And he says, no, stay in your head, work it out. Like talk through it. Like don't, 
don't pretend that voice isn't happening, but like kind of talk it out of your mind, like, listen. And so I, that's really been helpful for me. This guy's younger than I am, but I just, you know, like I, I had a, I had a moment earlier this year where I had a huge meeting I was so excited for and the gentleman canceled. Mm. No, no reason, just declined, you know, and, and typical business salesperson, I went into what I do wrong. Shoot. Did I, did I mess? Did I make him mad? You know, just this negative self-talk, right? Like we all have. And so I hope that, you know, people listening that realize we're all on this journey life together. We're, no one's perfect. We all got where we get better. And I, this is a great story where I had to like, okay, nope. And I did my little four minute meditation that morning after this happened, right? And I, and I, which is a minute of breathing, a minute, minute of, I have statements, physical or emotional, a minute of, I am statements, physical or emotional, and then a minute of, I will statements. And I just kind of spoke to myself like, Hey, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, I, I, I just spoke positivity. I'm a great coach. I'm a great leader. I'm a great friend. I'm going to make this happen. I will rebook this meeting uh, because it was also, I was at two other people that were involved that really wanted to be a part of this. And I believe that like just being positive, speaking truth into a scenario generated the outcome I wanted. A day later, the person said, Hey, so sorry for counseling. Had this huge custom thing come up. Apologize for not making it you know, clear. So excited to meet you. And then that we, we, we ended up having a meeting. So I don't know why I shared that with you, but that was like top of my head on my heart. For what no, dude, no, just, I mean, I just think it's so important what you're highlighting like this. Everybody's got that internal voice uh, that's telling us certain things that just may not be true. And, you know, you mentioned Tony Bennett and, and uh, just to put some of our listeners may not know Tony, Tony Bennett's a, a basketball coach and those who watch the NCAA, which gets a lot of airtime, the NCAA Final Four, Tony Bennett was they were the number one seeded team overall, right? Yep. Uh, a couple years ago, and they were the first team to ever lose their first round game to the 16 seeded team. Yep. And and they they felt like they had a team to that could win it all, and they were they were they were going in the perennial favorite, and. uh they they lost that game and the next season they won the NCAA tournament. And I still remember that, uh, you know, because what you, like you said, like translating it into um, sometimes they make good uh, t-shirts and, you know, and good sayings and good quotes. But when you can get, you talked about the Socratic method. I love that. If you can get a kid or a player or somebody in business to think for themselves and answer the question for themselves. Um, you know, one of the best Socratic questions we ask, you know, of kids is, so what did you see there? You know, you know, he didn't run the right route, right? Like, mm -hmm. but, but instead of going, hey, you, what were you doing? You know, where he gets defensive. Oh, so, so what did you see there? You know, or he blocks the wrong way or, or whatever it may be. Um, I love that. What, how do you, um, translate that when it comes to um your your kids and and in and dad and fatherhood i'm really interested in how i can be a better dad yeah man i wish it was uh i, I wish it was uh i wish i had the perfect um playbook on that one and which always cracks me up like all these dad books out there they're like hey five steps to be the perfect dad like how do you know hey be a better dad today i got that <laughs> one i mean though. I, I'm not, I mean, no disrespect to any listeners out there that's written a book on how to be the best parent. I mean, every kid's different. Every scenario is different. Uh, but what I constantly keep telling myself is it's not my journey. 
Um, and in the end, one of my friends um, named Bert Noctegal, who who's a great advice, and he just did a, his kids are not hardcore into sports. And like my son is um, plays basketball. He, he did all like basketball, baseball, football, but he only does basketball now and golf. And my daughter only does basketball. And my wife had amazing advice. She goes, Case, we have 18 summers to make an impact on them. And then Bert, my friend said, okay, what's, what's your, what's your end goal? Like, what's your outcome for your kids? And I was like, oh, well, I want them to be, you know, it'd be great if they, you know, I want to help them just, you know, be good, be kid, kid, be a student, you know, help them make the high school team. I don't, I don't care about college. They don't need to follow dad's footsteps. And he was like, what about if they're just a good person? <laughs> it was like, it was such this like punch in the gut, like, oh, and so like what I've really now, and I have to do, it's a daily, it's a daily reminder, like, you know, life's competitive. And if kids aren't getting shots up, working out, running, lifting, they're behind. So it's, I have to ask questions to say, Hey, if your goals change, bud, do you still want to make the high school team? Tell me what we got to do today to, 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 and so now like they're doing a good job of taking it for, their, for themselves. But in the end, I just keep telling myself, and so therapeutic talking to you guys about this, cause it's a reminder is an ideal outcome for me as a dad is in, in when, when I have someone say, man, Ryder, what a great kid. He shook my hand. He was articulate. He asked great questions. Uh, he was respectful. Uh, he can stay at my house whenever he wants versus, yeah. versus man, Ryder, that shot on 16, the eight iron, he drew it in there four feet, man, heck of a shot. But I you tell know. you what, and Casey, I'm taking notes just so you know, uh, you, you're like excited to be on here. I'm always humbled by the things I learn from the experience of our guests. And today, what you just hit on to me, if, if anybody rewinds what you just said, and I actually wrote it down because I'm like, you know, our podcast called Love the Process. Love their process. Mm, like, that's know. what I heard you say. Love, love their process. And it, 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 that is so profoundly good. And I think, like you said, it's the reminder, if you will, uh, I think a consistent reminder, you know, we have 11 year old, eight year old, five year old, two year old, three girls and a boy uh, in that order. Uh, but the reminder of like, everybody's on a different journey. Yeah, yeah for sure. They're on a different journey and they have, they're going to have a different purpose and they're going to learn what their purpose is on their own. And we, yeah, I mean, I, that's such a good reminders for me as well. I mean, I'm the mom, not the dad, but that's yeah. great reminders. Cause it's so important to make sure that we're encouraging them and their spirits and their direction and what they want to do instead of just, you know, in young life, we say like, reach the kid that's farthest out. And when you're a young life leader, you have a tendency to kind of go mm -hmm. after the kids that you connect with. It's like mm -hmm. the easy, the easy way to go. It's like, oh, I enjoy um, theater. So maybe I'll go to a bunch of plays and meet kids that way. John enjoys football. So he will go to football games and meet kids that way. But the harder part is trying to reach and connect with kids that you don't really have anything in common with. And I feel yeah. like it's kind of that same way when you're a parent, how do you make sure that you're encouraging their things that they're enjoying, even if it's not really something you like, or not really something that you understand or want to do, but how do you continue to encourage that anyway? Yeah, well, I love, I love you said that because then, but, but the, the, the way we got to look at it is what a great opportunity to learn something new. For sure. And as right. a parent, if we're learning something new, now we're teaching our kids. It's, it's where we want to be lifelong learners. And I, I think, I, I think the most, one of the most important things I want to make sure that is a reminder for all of us, us just talking to each other and then people listening is now what I said is a lot harder than it is to do because you get wrapped up, <laughs> life's competitive, oh, <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, it's super hard, but 
So when we're not our best self, when we're not our best version of ourselves, we have a choice. We have our slide edge, a great book by Jeff Olson. Our, I would love that book. So it's called the slide. I'm edge. So reading, like, I'm reading it right now. There we go. That's serendipitous. <laughs> so we either pretend that we're this perfect mom or dad and come on, pick it up. Let's go. You need to be working harder. Or you go to, Hey, right. I got, you got a second buddy. I'm sorry, man. D- dad was not his best version of himself. Um, and sometimes dad gets fired up because I love you so much and I want to help you achieve your goals, but it's got to be on your terms when you're ready to do it. And when you want to get pushed or you want to get coached, you know, let, let me know. But I, 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 I want, I just want to say, I'm sorry. Dad was not his best yesterday. And I think when we do that, we, it's two things happen. One, we forgive ourselves, which is important Two, we show our kids that you don't have to be perfect. And three, you can, you can say you're sorry versus having these egomaniacs that we just will develop over time which just erodes cultures, erodes families, erodes friendships. Yeah, um, it sure does. No, that's so good. And, and, and the ability, one, Adrian, you know, when she says that, it's like, I can see it. We, we can, we can rub with our kids and various things that we just wish that they would, you know, yeah, that we're, we're not respecting the process and then have to come back and go, uh, calm down and go, you know, I didn't show up the best I could there. So what strategies, techniques too, for just, parents um you know one of there's a guy uh, on our advisory board who often says that uh self-care enables selflessness self-care enables selflessness and so when you talk about showing up as your best self or not showing up as your best self what are things that you might suggest to parents uh certain maybe the people that are running companies or or leading teams in terms of you talked about four four minute meditation uh that you do what are some of those other uh, strategies that maybe somebody could put in their tool belt that they may not know about or be aware of to show up the, the best they can more consistently. I am. Um, no, that's a great question. I, what I I'm committing to now, um, I talk about gratitude. I love every episode on my, on the quarterback dad cast, John, you'll experience it when we interview next week, brother, is we ask dads, what are they most grateful for? So I think starting your day with gratitude and I have a journal now I've been going on about four months and sometimes it's the similar things, but that, I'm like, that's okay. Right. Because I want to make I want to remind myself how grateful I am to have I have an awesome wife. I got great kids. I have um, I'm grateful for self-awareness. I'm grateful for the fact that I can admit I'm not perfect. I'm grateful for the like I think having a gratitude journal is a huge gift you can give yourself because it reminds you of specifically what we're going through in this pandemic. You know, sometimes it can be overwhelming that man, we're getting picked on. Well, we're all getting picked on. What are we gonna do about it? Mm. Um and I, I think uh, you know, r- reminding people that um two things come to mind additionally is power of asking great questions. Um, seek to understand before understood. One of my favorite Stephen Covey rules, seven habits, seek to understand and listen to learn versus listen to persuade. Mm -hmm. When people do that, watch what happens to culture and watch what happens to, you know, marriages and like truly listen. It's a gift. It's a, when you, I mean, we all know it, when we're not getting listened to. So if like I was talking to you right now, those at home, we had to turn our videos off so we're getting the best quality. And if I'm hearing you guys typing in the background and I hear some text going off, I'm, I'm not really feeling like you're all in. Mm. Right. But when you can give that gift of listening to people, watch what it does to your culture, your family. They're going to be much more to, to open up. Yeah. Um, listen to learn. What a, what, a, what a great gem. And, you know, we've long believed the same or a similar type of context around when you know what you're supposed to do, like when you, when you have clarity, when our kids have clarity, like, like I love how you put it back in their court. Is this still your goal? Is this something that you want to achieve? Is this something that you want to accomplish and listen to their, 
the response and support them accordingly. And then, and then, you know, you and I often talk about the 1440, right. And, uh, you know, we connect right away on this 1440 minutes, like how much, how much alignment do I have in terms of what I, the dis is, how much dissonance is there between who I said I want to be and what I said I want to do and how I said I want to show up and the way I'm spending my time. Right. And then the creme de la creme from there to me, because in terms of like progressions, you know, QBs go through progressions, right, Casey? Like, okay, now, okay I got, yep, yep, yep. You know, <laughs> so I, I think of tra teaching kids or teaching in general through progressions. Right. And um, you ever seen the movie, uh, karate kid oh yeah yeah wax, you know he's like wax on wax off paint the fence and he's like what are we doing you know right. or like if you come to a bothell practice in the spring you'd think we were a peewee football team teaching basic blocks and tackling the kids who've been doing it their whole lives right or or remember john wooden he would go gentlemen this is a you know or i guess that was vince lombardi gentlemen this is a football but wooden would spend like an hour and a half on socks yeah for blisters so like the, the basics of of those tenets of progressions kind of like what am i here to do what am i doing and getting that as close as i can in alignment and then figuring out what are what you know what is what is this person here to do you know yeah. every time we talk and i know we're going to talk a little later on this afternoon but every time we get on a call i go oh man casey is is moving people from from where they're at forward right and and just has an enormous amount of wealth knowledge and expertise and ability to take somebody from where they're at and move them forward. So John, when I, when I, when you say that, I want people to go from good to great to elite. Right. And so, and so, so wherever they come to you, you can, you can recognize, uh, okay, you know, good right now. Um, but we can go to great. Somebody comes to you and they're great. Okay. Now we can go, we can go to the next level and, and mm -hmm. you can't skip steps. Right. Um, <laughs> And remind them, remind them what they, what's important to, to do along the way. And not because I'm saying that I try to use stories. Like when, when I, when I work with this person where, or if you look at like your, like your quarterback Ross, when he went to Cal, the reason I went to Cal is because this is the work he did. If those are goals you want to achieve, you know, sophomore quarterback, you know, this is probably a path you might want to take if that's important to you. I'm not saying you have to do it, but if that's what you want to do, um, the other thing I, before, before I forget, I wanted to mention two more things that I think are good, uh, hopefully good nuggets that really impacted me is, have you guys heard about Bruce Brown, the whole car ride home story? I've heard, I heard of Bruce Brown. I know Tom, Tom loves Bruce, uh, coach Banner loves Bruce Brown. Uh, so I've heard from him a little bit about Bruce. So I've not met him, but I've loved his article, the car ride home. It, it resonates with me. It, uh, it's super, super hard to follow. Um, but I think it not only is it great for us parents, but it's also great like in, in business life. So let me give you two examples. So car ride home, essentially for those who don't know it, it talks about, so if, 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 um, Adrian, like you're, you're my daughter and you, you have a, a bad game and we get in the car and I'm frustrated because I'm embarrassed. You didn't, you made me look bad for my friends. And I'm like, Adrian, we've been shooting in the driveway. How'd you miss that layup? What's wrong with you? Come <laughs> on, girl. Right. Like, right. do you think you woke up and said, man, I can't wait to miss that lane and have dad tearing at me in the car. That's what I do. <laughs> right. No one, no one wants that. But instead what he teaches is just to say, man, Adrian, I had a, such a blast. I just, I love watching you play. It's so fun to watch you compete and try your best. That's all. And then shut up. And what he talks about, if, if, if it's important to your kid, let them come to you and say, Hey dad, um, I was really frustrated in my game. Tell me more about what's going on. Well, cause we've been spending so much time in the backyard and you know, I did, but I, when I had the chance, I just didn't make play. Well, did you try your best? Yep. Can you, can you control maybe, the, maybe the air conditioning came on a blast of wind blew the ball and that's why I didn't go in. I mean, I'm joking, but like, 
but, but in the end, if you just keep our inspire love and inspire them that again, that back to that outcome is we want them to be good people, not the best Kent, you know, the, you know, Bothell park and rec eight year old, because right. what, what, what does that mean? Right. right. Um, and so with that, it made me think about life in, in business as leaders. Um, so Adrian, how many words do you type per minute? Do you think? I don't know. 120. Is that a normal She's quick. She's quick. Nah, probably okay. Okay. So we're, so yeah. we're, we're going to imagine we get, imagine I'm in the, I, I hop in your guys's trailer. I'm in the back. We're rolling back up, back to Bothell. And I'm just in your ear, Adrian, how did you not type one? You usually are 118. You're 96. What is wrong with you? Like how did, <laughs> how, You hit backspace way too many times. Like imagine our kids doing that to us in a business role. <laughs> and right. that's what we're doing to them. And you wonder why their confidence sucks. You wonder why, you know, I just, I got off a phone call with someone this morning and one of the other pieces of advice that really hit me early in my career was someone said, do you want, you can be right or get what you want. Rarely do you get both. Huh? That's good. Yeah. That's and true. getting, and if you say you want to be right, then that tells me that you have an ego problem. Hmm. Getting what I want means you, you check your ego. It's more about the success of the team. It's more about finding a positive outcome. If you have to check your own stuff, maybe, maybe that maybe your friend has a better solution. Your coworker has a better solution. Your wife has a better idea for the family should go to dinner. Right. Right. Yeah. So, are you willing, are you willing to, are you willing to, to be flexible? You know, I talk about flexible to the route a lot. Uh, there we go. You know, and, and you know, when you, that's that next level, that's good to elite or, or, you know, a great to elite level, you know, thinking, so often it's like to be good, you just got to just got to run the route. Like just know the plays and do the you know and show up and and, and do the things each day that you you know you said you're going to do. But then when you can be flexible to the route, and sometimes I think it's ego, and sometimes sometimes I think it's just uh, ignorance or lack of awareness, right? It's just that for sure, yeah, yeah, that people just get so. This is you know I know some really really good people who want to do good. And I get on calls with them from time to time, or I get conversations with them from time to time. And it's just, this is how we do it. Cause that's how we do it. And I mean, or even just, I mean, even just out of habit. I mean, yesterday we're at the food truck and I said something, to, I asked some question to our daughter and John said, why did you say that? And I'm like, I don't know. Oh yeah. That was a good, so, so I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but I think so, like just not being yeah. aware and not necessarily yeah. having people in your life that you trust to talk to you about stuff that makes you go, Oh yeah, story. that was weird. That was a weird question yeah. to ask. Yeah. And so that's a big, so just to put that in context, uh, one of our kids was jumping off a rock and then with bare feet and, or, and then into gravel that was at this taco truck. And Adrian goes, did that, did that hurt your feet? You know? And I'm like, why'd you ask that? You know? And she's like, good question. You know, <laughs> like, like this, this, uh, and it's from, uh, it just says an automated idea. Right. And so, uh, our, obviously our goal is to, you know, to ask questions of our kids. Um, you know, we, we throw the word can't out our kids, our five-year-old knows that we don't say can't in the file household. Right. Like, it's like, I can't wait. And dad, she'll be like, daddy, we don't say can't. And I'm like, Oh, that's right. You know, like in a positive context, we've thrown that word out of the vocabulary of our family. Um, the best we can. And, uh, so there's, you know, a few things like that, that we do to try to provide more possibility. I think thinking, which is exactly what you're alluding to, right? That, yeah. that I don't, I don't, 
I don't necessarily know. I don't know. You know, like maybe those might be the two and a half best words. Is it two and a half words? Is it three words? I I, I don't know that either. But like just that um, in this day and age, especially how fast things are changing and moving uh, to be in that position to go, oh, you know what? That person, that, that answer makes some sense. But in order to do that, you said it, listen to learn versus listen to persuade i think that was your other the flip yep. side, right yeah so good so good um yeah, i always like to tell people even myself too like uh like when obama when obama became the first african-american president why, why not him why not you know, when my if i told my daughter why don't you be, be the first female president why not someone's gonna do it why not you <laughs> right think so about Ka kamala i don't take people's political i don't want but like first uh, African-American executive, like vice president, that's, that's yeah. history that we're seeing. Right. And so I think like reminding people in life, whether it's business, sports, fatherhood, just because you've had a bad couple of days, a bad 1440s, flush it. Like my t-shirt says, be a goldfish, have the shortest memory and yeah. focus on tomorrow and forgive yourself and, um, move on and try to be better tomorrow. That's awesome. Today's that's my number one recommendation for marriage on how to improve your marriage be a goldfish <laughs> i give love her lots of opportunities to practice i love what, <laughs> i love what you say too though that 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 methodology you have of goals visualization practice this continued practice toward improvement of the ability to do the things that you're you're speaking on i love your humility in it they're like hey by the way i don't have it all i don't have it all together i don't always get it all the way right so how can so they can, find you case how can they find you well can i tell a quick embarrassing story about that yeah. to back yeah, up yeah, that yeah. i i walk the walk and this stuff so in college i was doing visualization stuff before i even knew it was visualization so we used to have the you know first 20 plays scripted so like you know ball coach ball would put it up there on tuesday i'd see it wednesday i'd be start thinking about okay Friday, I start thinking about it. We'd keep running. Then Saturday morning, I'd leave my apartment. And I would now, in my car, my old beat up beat, Mazda B2200 with sandbags in the back, studded tires, sick, sick ride. Told my wife, told my wife at the time, my girlfriend at the time, that I was getting a truck. And if anybody knows what a Mazda B2200, it's not a truck. It's like a stretched out <laughs> El Camino. And so I would announce the play in third person. Like, all right, Central's playing Western. Sorry, Adrian. And, you know, Jay Cox under center, play action pass, goes back, hits new. You know, I would literally announce the play of what would happen. And I can't tell you the number of times that on Saturdays, me visualizing it, speaking out loud, talking about it, it would happen. Um, Amen. You know, so anyway, I love this stuff. Visualization, affirmation, um, you know, and, and then, but you put it in a practical sense to help people move their lives forward in a way and and really empower the what why i get along so good with cases he's <laughs> he's doing it he's trying to empower you forward mm -hmm. in what you want to do mm -hmm. and it's it's uh and and then finding what you just described with this this vice president and with obama um finding the power in possibilities in in any and all circumstance right that's your coach osborne it sounds like really leaned into that with you hey get up in the booth and you're like oh what do you yeah. mean yeah you know these plays well think about you you're you're a, a amazing coach impacting tons and tons and tons of kids in the Bothell area yet you never played football who cares <laughs> right. who cares yeah like yeah, if you're listening and you want to go coach football figure out johnny did it 
go do it too. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And it's a, it's a fascinating, what's, it's a fascinating game. Um, it's a fascinating game because 11 guys on a field and it's so physical. I think unless until somebody has experienced a season of football or, or, you know, had a, had a son, uh, like inside the, the, you know, the parameters of the practice and everything that goes into football and game planning and every week's a new week. And there's so many things in football that can be taught in uh, applicable to life. I've never, that's why I love it, by the way, Casey. I've never seen a game that is so translatable to life and a business. Like, I've just never seen a sport that has so many applications. And I think, in, I think even in the big picture to politics and to um, organizations and, and how they can yep. be best led. And so having somebody like you who, who else who's played coaches and experienced the, the highs and the lows uh, of, of the sport has got to be such an asset to many, many uh, organizations and, and hopefully more in the future so I would love to wrap with how they can get at you. You know, I think I was throwing that out there. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, the best way to um, find me is I'm on LinkedIn um, or they can go to my website, which is www.caseyjacox.com. Uh, talks about my the podcast. We talked about quarterback podcast. I also wrote a book called, the, it's called Winning, uh, Win the Relationship, Not the Deal. Has six really common sense strategies to apply emotional intelligence to relationship building that I've used over my 45 years of life. Um, but I, I love connecting people, uh, connecting people fills my tank and I do it because it's the right thing to do. And, um, I think it's the quarterback to me. I'm always, you know, reading the defense of life and, and seeing who needs to meet who and, and how can, and just watching those relationships flourish. Like that's why, you know, how, um, you know, I think Dave Carroll and Jeff Rogers connected us. So huge shout out to those gentlemen and I appreciate them bringing me to you guys today. That's so awesome. Well, we are so grateful. This um, episode has been awesome, full of great little nuggets, and we really appreciate your heart, and we really appreciate your wisdom um, and this growing friendship. So thank awesome. you so much for joining us. You bet. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Casey. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. It means so much when you leave us a review and share with your friends. Bye.